this past Wednesday, I taught about how Jesus is the way, and that whenever we, whenever we follow Jesus, it's a process of his way becoming our way. It happens over the course of our whole life. It's not just an event that happens, but it's a lifestyle, amen? And Jesus is teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13, he says these words, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which, we, which leads to life, and there are few who find it. We all have our own way of doing things, don't we? We all have our own way of doing things. We were talking about Brother Kate and Sister Violet a moment ago. I don't want to pick on them, but they're not here. So <clears throat> I was having some conversations with them leading up to their wedding, and one of the topics we discussed was with any two families, every family has its own way of doing things. And whatever your family's way of doing things is, that's normal for you. And when two families are joined together... Some things have to get worked out. All the married people say amen. amen. Because we all have our own way of doing things. I want to preach this morning on Father's Day. Let's do it God's way. Let's do it God's way. Can we just agree together with a hand clap of praise unto the Lord? I want to do it His way. I may have my own way of doing things, but I want to do it God's way. Hallelujah. You may be seated. We've all heard it. We've all said it. We've all thought it. I want to do it my way. It's my way or the highway. You may have even seen it on a sign or a billboard. Someone telling you, have it your way. You can have it your way. I think that's Burger King. It's all over the place. Now, it doesn't just come from your heart, but it comes off the billboards, too. The whole world is encouraging you that there's no better way than your way. I'm here today to expose that lie. There is a better way than your way. Your way is not always the right way. In fact, most of the time, your way is the wrong way. And I want to do it God's way. It's always better to do it God's way. I said it's always better. It's always better 100% of the time, Brother Burke, to do it God's way. There's really only two ways. Everyone on the planet is on one of two roads. Everybody in attendance today is on one road or the other road. But I want to tell you today that God has a way. There's God's way and there's man's way. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 that there is a way that God has that will lead you to life and life more abundantly. God has a way that you can live your life that will help you get into eternity and spend eternity in heaven with him. But the scriptures also tell of a way that seems right to a man. There is a way that seems right to a man. 
but the end thereof leads to death. Jesus made it clear that when it comes to the different ways we can live our life, the options are limited. There are only two ways. There is one road that leads to life, and there is another road that leads to destruction. In every way, each of those two ways leads somewhere. You're either today under the sound of my voice on this Father's Day, on the road that leads to life, or you sit in your seat today on the broad way, the easy road, the way of the world that leads to destruction. I want to advocate this morning, let's do it God's way. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, let's do it God's way. Turn to somebody else nearby and just say, I'm going to do it God's way. Jesus wrote, Jesus went on when he's speaking that day in the Sermon on the Mount after he said the words that we just read together in your hearing. And he said in verse 15 of Matthew chapter 7, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. He says, men don't gather grapes or figs from thorn bushes and thistles. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. I want to tell you this morning that you can tell someone who is living life God's way because their life will be full of the fruit of the Spirit. You can tell someone who's living life their way because their life will be full of the works of the flesh. And even even if your powers of discernment can't sort out who is living which way or the other, God knows those who are living His way. You may not be able to discern it with your natural eyes or senses, but God knows those who are doing it His way. I'm fully aware this morning that under the sound of my voice, there's someone here today that you're doing it your way. But you're convincing everybody else that you're doing it God's way. I'm going to say it again. There's someone, multiple someones under the sound of my voice right now that you're doing it your way. But you've got everybody else persuaded that you're doing it God's way. But God knows your heart. God knows which way you're on and you know which way you're on today. That's why Jesus went on. I'm going to continue reading from Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me. Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? God, we were doing it your way. We were doing it your way, God. And then I will declare to them on that day, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You may be keeping up today with the moral life 
You may say today in your heart, God, I didn't commit any of the big sins this month. I'm faithful to my spouse. I haven't murdered anyone. I don't cheat or defraud or steal from anybody. But Jesus says to you today that his way is about more than that. You see, humanity wants it to be about what you don't do and who you're not. But God's way says it's about what you do and who you are. It's not about how you feel about yourself. It's about whether you know Jesus and whether he knows you. You may have the moral life down. You may be able to camouflage yourself. I've, I've used this, the illustration a couple times in the past few weeks. You may be able, you may have the chameleon act down to a science. You may be able to spiritually camouflage yourself even in a setting like this on Sunday morning. But I'm here to expose it today and tell you that if we're doing it our way and trying to camouflage it as God's way, it's nothing more than culturally comfortable religion. And the feeling of being a good person will lull you to sleep. Jesus is demanding that you know him. That's what it means to do it his way to go through the religious activities and to put up the facade and go through the motions and stay under the radar and blend in in a setting like that that's man's way of doing it but if you would do it God's way today you would say I've got to know him I must know him for myself I can't go another day I can't go another hour I won't go another minute I must know him I'm going to do it God's way he's demanding not that you go through the religious activities of somebody that's camouflaged in plain sight but he's demanding that you know him He'll say to some on that day, depart from me, I never knew you. That's God's way. He said elsewhere in John chapter 10 verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. The way that you're on right now, I want you to have an honest moment. Where is it taking you? You know what way you're on. The preacher might not know what way you're on. The person sitting next to you in the pew, no matter if you're related or not, they may not know the way you're on. You know the way that you're on. Where is that way taking you today? Every way has consequences. Has an outcome. Jesus teaches on, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears, the, hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man that built his house on the rock. The rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, 
and great was its fall. Jesus teaches that there is a storm coming, and he isn't just talking about the storms of life, as we call them. The storms of life are real. The Bible speaks to them. Things like disease, cancer, divorce, the death of a loved one. Those are the storms of life. And Jesus addresses those things too in Scripture. But that's not what he's describing when he tells that parable of a house built on a rock and a house built on the sand and a storm coming. That's not what Jesus is discussing. He's not talking about the storms of life. Jesus is talking about the future judgment of God. It may be tonight or it may be a hundred years from today, but one day God's judgment day will arrive and it will come crashing into your life. God's judgment day will be, is on a collision course with the way that you're living right now. And we don't know when it's going to arrive, but that, brothers and sisters, is the storm that Jesus is describing in Matthew chapter 7. I understand that there's storms of life, and we address that many times in settings like this. We've even done it recently, where we'll, we'll address the way that God meets us in the middle of a storm of life. But Jesus here is describing a different kind of storm. It is the storm of judgment day. It is the storm of the last day when God will call everybody to account for the way that they've lived their life. And in that day, it won't matter how we've propped up our house. It won't matter how we fixed it up or painted the house of our life. It won't really matter what other people think about the way we're living our life. Unless your house is founded and established upon the rock. Unless you prepare for that storm God's way. When that day of judgment comes, your life will crumble and fall. Hear me today. This is something we must get right. You must establish your eternal life on the correct foundation. I'm here to, t- to t- preach very simply today. Let's do it God's way. Let's do it God's way. It's very easy to get sidetracked. It's very easy to get sidetracked. I think of stories that I read about in the Bible of people that decided to do it their way. Brother Ryan, I read about Cain in the earliest chapters of the Bible. When it was time to worship, Cain made the conscious decision to do it his way. God gave Cain the opportunity to change. He gave Cain the opportunity to make it right and to change lanes and instead of doing it his way, to do it God's way. But Cain, tragically, when confronted with the opportunity to change, said, I'm going to stick to my guns and I'm going to do it my way. Cain faced an existence of exile and punishment, and shame for the rest of his days. I think of a prophet in the Old Testament named Balaam. Balaam had ideas about what he was going to do and how he was going to be the puppet master, and he was going to pull the strings on the way Israel was going to interact with some of her enemies, and he was going to be a major player, Sister Savannah, on the stage of the, the events taking place in, in his lifetime. And his name was going to be remembered as one that swayed things one way or the other. And 
In essence, he was going to do it his way. He was going to speak what he thought. He was going to maneuver how he felt was the best way. And God was trying to get Balaam's attention, trying to get Balaam's attention, trying to shake Balaam out of his own way. And finally, if you know the story, God had to cause Balaam's donkey to speak to him in order to get Balaam's attention. Now, I don't want to lower myself into the ranks where the donkey is. But if that's the only esteem in which you hold me, but somehow the Lord still gets your attention today, then so be it. If I have to play that role today, and somehow the Holy Ghost is able to shake you out of the comfortable place that you're at, living your way, doing it your way, having everything your way, interpreting the world your way, then so be it. Because there's nothing short of eternity at stake this morning. Balaam had to have a donkey, a beast of burden, speak up and get his attention in order for him to shake himself out of it and say, I've been doing it my way too long. It's time to do it God's way. Cain had to have God come down and personally negotiate with him to attempt to have Cain do something different. Cain tragically decided to continue doing it his way. It's very easy to get sidetracked and to do it your way and not do it God's way. There's a whole lot of ideas out there, aren't there? Everyone has one way of doing things. Everyone has their own way of doing things. It's so easy to get drawn into it's so easy to say, I know how to do this. I know how to handle this. I know the best way. It's easy even sometimes to attach yourself to something someone has told you is God's way without actually ever investigating for yourself whether that's God's way at all. I know a preacher who told me once, I had a family member that told me once, I had somebody speak into my life once and teach me something once about how to be saved or how to live for God, and it's easy to take moments like that and incorporate them into your way of doing things and to own them and never really examine whether you're doing it God's way or whether you're doing it your way. It can start to get foggy and difficult to discern because figuring out what's actually God's way, what's actually my way, how do I start to untangle man's way from God's way? The number one way I would tell you today is you need to be in the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord will always help you untangle man's way from God's way especially when it comes to being saved. I said especially when it comes to salvation. The word of God is the final authority for life and how to be saved. And if you're wondering, if you're at all unsure, am I doing it my way or am I doing it God's way? 
the answers you seek are in the word of God. You need to take time to consult the word of the Lord and you need to say in your heart, let's do it God's way. Let's do it God's way. If you musicians would come, I want to tell you that there's some things we absolutely must get right. Maybe you're doing a survey of your life right now in these last several moments that I've been preaching and you've already identified some things that you've been doing your way. Maybe it's Maybe it's a relationship. You've been doing it your way. Maybe it's your finances, and you've looked at them in these last few moments and said, you know what, I've been doing it my way. Maybe it's your career path or a series of decisions you've made. Maybe it's the way you treat people. Maybe it's even what you've believed about being saved and making heaven. And you started to examine those things right here in the presence of the Holy Ghost and under the preached word of God. And you've said, I really have to make sure that I'm doing it God's way. If there's anything that I would point out this morning that you must make sure you're doing God's way, it's this. You must make sure you're dealing with sin God's way. There's only one way to be saved. Jesus told the disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. There's only one way to be saved. All the way through scripture, there's been a blood requirement for sin to be dealt with. You say, Brother Dustin, we're living in the New Testament. We don't do blood sacrifices anymore. That's because... We've had the ultimate blood sacrifice enacted for each of us. You're right. We don't have to go out in the parking lot after this and have a blood sacrifice. Thank God we live in the new covenant. But we've had one who shed his blood for us already. And it still takes blood to be saved. You need to make sure that the blood of Jesus is applied to your life the way that the Bible tells you it must be applied to your life. You don't need to take it on chance. You don't need to take it on someone else's word. Hear me today. You don't need to take my word on it. You need to get a hold of a Bible. And if necessary, you need to sit down with someone who can instruct you. I would recommend that as well. And you need to start to discern, how do I deal with sin? How can I be saved? God's way. God is saying this morning to each and every one of us, Quit doing it your way. Start doing it my way. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. I heard a story once about a regiment of about 250 soldiers who were traveling through a desert. They'd been in that desert marching for quite some time. Their water reserves had run out. They were so thirsty. They were becoming dehydrated. They were desperate. 
They had a guide with them who traveled that way often. This guide called out to the troop of soldiers, said, this way, go this way. There's water this way. I know the way to water. I know the way to the place where you won't dehydrate and die of thirst. I know you're feeling desperate. Go this way with me. I know the way. I'll guide you there. And as they continued to march in that straight line, the story goes that they would look off to the side and they would see water off in the distance. They thought it was water. It looked like water. And they started to say, let's go that way. There's water right over there. Let's go that way. There's life that direction. And the guide said, no. Go this way. This is the way to life. This is the way to water. They said, no, look over there. There's some water over there. We can, we can make it. And in just a little while, we can be right in the middle of an oasis of water that will save us. Let's go get it. The guide said, no, that's, that's not it. And they said, yes, there, yes, it is. That must be it. Don't you see it? Don't you see what I see over there in the distance? And the soldiers became crazed. And they stampeded toward what they thought was water. And they trampled that guide in the sand. They stampeded towards what they thought life was all about. And step after step, they stomped that guide into the sand. And they ran hysterically in the direction of the water that they thought they saw. And the further they ran, the further that water got away from them. They ran faster and faster, chasing that water. They poured more and more of their energy into their pursuit. And eventually, they were forced to admit that there was no water at all in the direction that they were going. And that the way that they had taken was in fact leading to nothing more than a mirage. They turned, started to follow their footsteps back the way they came heading back to the original path. When they got back to the place where they had departed off of the path, back to the place where the guide had been, they got to that place and they reached down and they shook him, said, wake up! Wake up! We need you! But it was too late because in their frenzy, They'd stomp the life out of that guide. The guide was dead. All 250 of those soldiers died in that desert. Because the only one who knew where the water was, they'd pushed him aside and followed their own pursuits and their own ideas. There's only one who knows the way. There's only one who can guide you today. There's only one who has the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Who can guide you out of the way of this world and into the way of a heavenly kingdom. His name 
is Jesus Christ. God has a way. Let's do it God's way. Stand with me if you would all across this place. And as you stand, why don't you lift up your hands toward heaven. God's been talking to you today. He's been talking to you today. Listen, friend, you can do your own thing one day too long. And you can miss one day at the altar. You can hang onto your way one night too long. And you can miss it. These altars are open right now. And I'm calling on somebody right now to step out of where they are in faith and just say, I'm going to do it God's way. If you want to do it God's way, why don't you step out of where you are?